let's, let's have this be our prayer as we enter into the Word of God. Because all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. I think about uh, I think about Proverbs, and today we're talking about wisdom. And I think about you know, <laughs> anyone here ever have a child or a grandchild that you tried to speak wisdom to and they didn't really want to receive it? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, Duncan. Yeah, at Duncan's seven. Yeah. Duncan, do you receive wisdom when your parents talk to you? Do you receive it? Do you hear what they say? And that's awesome. <laughs> Duncan's one of our grandchildren. You know, I wonder sometimes, as much as God wants to speak his wisdom into our life, if um, sometimes we don't listen. Now, not to be a downer, you, you know, you know what I mean, most of you. I mean, probably. Oh, well, you have God, and he's, I mean, he's God, <laughs> you know? And we're, we're, we are thankful, and we are prayerful, and we are seeking him. Um, and, and maybe not in, like, this desperation, I don't know, but, but we know he's there, and yet this still small voice and this whisper that just says, I love you, and I want to journey with you, and let me teach you my wisdom that you might prosper and be in health, both physically, the Bible says, and spiritually. Interesting. Well, we had a, we had a great week um, in God's sightings. Uh, that's looking to see where God is working and getting in on it. I know sometimes we're a little shy on Sunday morning to speak them, but more and more and more as the body as a whole, we're we're speaking out and we're w- giving witness to what God's doing in and around our life. And I wanted to just mention a couple things. Uh, Nikki is currently um, at medical missions in a cup of cold water. And he specifically, is why I threw it on here on the slide, he specifically asked that we would pray for miracles. It's a medical mission, uh, cups of cold water. They do a lot of uh, feeding at uh, the local dumps. I mean, we're actually little communities townships, if you will, they, I mean, they, they live and survive by living in the dump. Uh, I know it's hard to grab. I mean, unless you've kind of been there before or seen something like this, you really can't, but that's okay. And we need to pray. And, you know, he said, pray for miracles. He asked specifically, all right? Now, what does he mean? Well, it's a medical missionary trip. And they're t- going to teach, and our teaching had already been there, um, and setting up little first aid stations throughout uh, the Dominic Republic. It's awesome. So with that said, let's pray for miracles. Father God, we do pray for miracles. We know that you're the miracle maker. We know that you're God. We know that as Nikki even spoke, that we would stop and think about them as they're on this mission trip. 
that, Father, we do claim in the name of Jesus, your healing touch, your spiritual touch, first and foremost, that as a simple thing, seriously, I mean, a cup of water would touch the hearts of those that are being ministered to, and they would see your love, your grace. And, Father, we do claim healing for the many that are sick, that don't have ways to get antibiotics, and they, they just don't. It's not like here. And, Lord, um, be with them. Give them your heart as they reach out in your name. Amen. So that's um, literally just giving out cups of cold water. And also, when they come to the dump, I don't know, you really can't see some of the dump in the background. Um, but they'll come in now. They have these big water trucks. And so whatever they have, um, they'll come in, people from the local area and the local, uh, you can say tr- tribes or villages, whatever you want to say there. But And um, so continue to just pray, to pray. You know, I know... There's needs throughout the whole world, but as God brings things our way, we pray. Amen? Yeah. Um, for CBC Workday, I, I do selfies a lot because it's the only way I can get in the picture. I mean, I'm the one that usually takes the, the, the pictures when we're doing things like this anyway. But um, we had a good group. Now, I, I should have remembered those. So if you're here and you helped at Workday, I'm sorry that I took the picture after we were done. Because <laughs> not that you don't look good. But you can tell you're tired, right? You know, <laughs> I can even see sweat coming down from Pastor Rolly's. See right there, there's sweat coming down. He's not here today. He's uh, with family. Uh, his, uh, I believe it's his nephew. One of his nephews is getting baptized. They have this big family reunion over a baptism. Go figure. That's awesome. And so that's where they're at. They're celebrating this baptism and coming together as a family. So I can kid about him a little bit. Um, we'll see if he hears my sermon or not because he'll say something if he did. All right, so, you know, like just a couple pictures. Here's the parking lot before, and this is, this is Alex. He, he said, uh, Pastor Tony, I want to try that striping thing. And I just got to tell you, my first response was kind of like, uh, no, because I envisioned this line going, ooh, like that. And, um, and it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It, I'm serious. It, this is not an easy thing to do for me, and I, I've done it things like this for years. The trigger's hard in trying to stay, uh, walk, you know, walk that straight line. I'm telling you, this guy grabs that thing. That's his line. He grabbed that tool, and he just made this line. And so he helped me do some more striping out there. Um, and bottom line, church, I, you know, I got to tell you, why did I let him do that? Even when I, I thought he's not old enough, he's never did it. Because God sparked my heart and reminds me and reminded me, even then, you know, we're either going to equip our young people or equip each other or not. And we got to be willing to, to equip. And, and if we make some mistakes or things don't go quite right, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But if we don't, if we're not in a business about equipping and giving young people and, and, and older people, you can be an 80-year-old believer, um, we still need to be equipped. We need to be about the business of equipping. And, and you know, I, I appreciate, appreciate everyone, but Alex, seriously, you did you did a great job, and you had such a great heart about it. That's what was so cool. Um, and that's kind of a after picture. Um, I don't know. It looks. It just looks better. And, and if you guys, you know, if you come in this morning, you probably noticed, some of you, that there was white lines instead of just asphalt out there. So anyway. So, you know, you guys, thank God for, I mean, these, these youth come in, and that's actually a big piece of plywood they're carrying right there. Um, awesome job, you guys, to come in and help. 
Sam, you're a blessing. Sam, are you here this morning? Uh, Again, I'm not trying to pick everyone out, but Sam, seriously, you're a blessing as you come in. And he just, man, he was nonstop at helping take take all this stuff out of here. And and uh, Tara, sorry for the, you know, I was just trying to take some quick snapshots, you know. And so anyway, <laughs> Tara goes, what? <laughs> just thank you. You know, thank, I know not everyone can be a part of everything. Um, but the Bible does tell me to recognize those that serve among you. And really, I mean, this is God's house. This is where our body meets. And so when we have the opportunity to come together to fellowship, to work and to serve, um, just th- thank you guys for your service yesterday. It, uh, God is pleased. I know he is. Oops. Did you see that? Good. Because I, I, I wanted to tell you, I don't want to brag on myself, but today's my birthday. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Today's my birthday. It's awesome. And uh, I'm 28 years old. What? Well, wait, wait, wait. I mean, I just, I'm 28. I'm, I know I did. I'm, but I'm 28 years old. I don't look that, that old, do I? Why are you, some of you looking at me like, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But I really am 28 years old, and I give all the glory to God. And September 29th, 1991, I was born again. And today is my spiritual birthday. And I think it's it's a time to celebrate, and it is a time to celebrate. Um, I almost wanted to go to the courthouse and see if I could change my my spiritual birthday to my actual birthday, but Social Security and stuff wouldn't let me. But and then they said well, you don't want to anyway because you'd lose some, you know, yeah, you know, so whatever. But uh, isn't God good? You know, and I know that maybe not everyone here can pinpoint a specific day. Um, most of you know my testimony. I can. I was I was older. I was 32 years old, and I just I woke up one morning. It was, if for lack of a better way to say it, I was like I was like Saul riding my white horse, just living life, doing my own thing. And then Paul grabbed my heart, or God grabbed my heart, and like Saul, that became Paul. And I, he God knocked me off my white horse that day, this day, September 29th, and I'll never forget it. I know that this is a day that to this day has me to share the gospel with you every week and to whoever will listen during the week. There is nothing more than understanding who God is and what he wants for our life. Here's a saying, through wisdom we learn to love God and love what he loves. It's only by wisdom. Wisdom is is taking knowledge, for lack of a better way to say it, is taking knowledge that even God will give us and putting it within our heart that God can then reveal to us the truth, his truth, and then responding to what he tells us or what he gives us. That response is wisdom. See, we we can have God's wisdom, and I'm not saying we don't, by the way. I mean, like, like as I grow mature, as you grow mature in the Lord and, and in his word, and you allow the spirit to reveal his word to us, we, we not only gain in knowledge, but hopefully we gain in wisdom. But wisdom really is not seen until it's played out. It really is not. And that's why it's important. That's The topic today is so, so important. As a disciple, we've been talking about walking in him and walking in faith. 
And, and the thing is, is the Bible says, you know, too much knowledge or the wrong kind of knowledge just puffs a person up. You know, it, it, it just, we, we, we know it all, we do it all, we think, we, think we, we, we can handle it all, and knowledge in and of itself puffs, puffs up. And what we want and what we ask for is God's wisdom. That's what we ask for today. So we're going to be in Proverbs 15, 21. I'm going to go ahead and go into different verses. Um, as you know, I've been asking us to read a Proverbs a day and then pick uh, different verses to share with someone or to share with family or to share. So I'm going to just do what I have been doing. I'm sharing the verses I picked during the week. And I just want to glean. I want us to glean from that a little bit. So in Proverbs 15, it says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And, you know, as, as we look at this proverb, it talks about a soft answer turns away wrath. So I want us to understand this morning that, number one, that there's an answer. Uh, anyone here, does anyone here not like conflict? You don't like conflict. Raise your hand if you don't like conflict. I'm not going to even ask you if there's anyone here that does because, you know. No way. Is there anyone here that does like conflict? <laughs> I got to, I got a couple of hands. Okay. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I don't think anyone likes conflict. And guess what? I don't think that we should seek out conflict, of course. But when we look at this proverb, there's this, an assumption made here. It says a soft answer turns away wrath, meaning there's a, there, you are answering See, if we, we live a life avoidant of conflict, now listen, because this hits, this hits every one of us at certain seasons of our life, or even, I know today it's, it's gonna hit some of us. And the thing is that if we don't like conflict, and so we avoid conflict, the bottom line is, we never give an answer to things that must be answered. Conflict arises normally because of something or someone that we're engaged with, whether it's a relationship or an employer or whether it's church. I mean, it kind of doesn't matter whether it's on the highway and someone cuts you off, you know. But but the problem is we're not going to be conflict-free in our life. So wisdom says, as a disciple of Christ, I need to glean from God and say, God, give me wisdom on how to respond to conflict. Are you hearing what's being said here? We have to respond. We, and I'm not saying, you know, oh, awesome. We hear, we hear wisdom today from God's word and we leave, uh, we leave here this morning and we are conflict free. Or we leave out those doors going, I got 10 things I'm in conflict with. I'm going to go get them. And that's not, that's not the point. We grow in wisdom. We grow in these things. But do something. If you're in conflict, this morning, and something's coming against you, seriously, hear the wisdom of God. Give an answer to it, but give a soft answer. Don't give what's right answer. Don't give a selfish answer. Don't give your answer because you're right and they're wrong. You just, you just give it. You just respond to it. You don't, don't react to it. Wisdom says, let us respond to these things that come our way. He continues in that proverb, and he says, but a harsh word stirs up Anger. So, so a lot of times, who, who has a tendency to do this? You don't like conflict. And when conflict comes, you have a tendency just to kind of hold it inside. But then the day comes. 
you know, I hope your dog ain't in the way. There's not a, a, a wall in the way. But then the day comes where it just kind of comes out. Does, who does that happen to? But I'm, I'm, my hand's up because I have a tendency myself to do that. I, I really do. Uh, ask Trish, which she's not here this morning, so I can pick on her too. She had a great opportunity. Some friends of mine um, I was talking to, and they do a women's retreat for training. And they had this opening just open up. And we are really wanting to to engage God just as a body, right? And so I encouraged her to go to this retreat um, really for a little time of refreshing uh, and also for a time to glean what God would equip her in as she walks with this body too. She's a part of this body and a part of uh, the women's ministry and what's just what's going on. So a soft answer, okay? Don't avoid conflict completely. Pray, seek God's word. Resolve in your heart to give an answer toward the conflict in our life, okay? I stuck on here a little bit because I think it's a biggie. I really do. It's, it, what, it's a stronghold sometimes for some of us. All right, let's go to chapter 16, verse 3. Proverbs 16, verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Commit your works to the Lord. Uh, a lot of times what we think here is kind of like um, we had work days, something current. I always try to use object lessons and things current. We had a work day, and, and there was people that said, Pastor Tony, I commit to being there. Okay, did they commit to being here for work day for them or for God? Or did they commit to be, being here for work day for them or for me? Did, did they you understand? Let me, let me take it another step. With this proverb saying, commit your works to the Lord, it's not saying, oh yeah, I'm committed, which is good, you know, that we're committed to God and doing his work. But what it's saying is commit your works to him, meaning give them to him. Do you see? It might be a subtle difference, but it's huge. Wisdom, as a disciple, says when God has given us a work to do, a ministry to do, a family to walk with, a job to do, this Proverbs saying, give it literally to God. This work he has given you, give it to God. And you might be thinking, well, how do you do that? Well, praise God for his wisdom and for Proverbs. So he says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. When we commit our works, when we say, God, here's the work you've given me. How am I to accomplish this? Who, who can relate to this? I'm not trying to be silly. Just hear me out. God, what do you want me to do? Um, for those listening on the internet, I have this pause and this blank look on my face and I'm staring into the sky. A little descriptive there. Meaning, sometimes we, we just keep asking God what he wants us to do, but it seems like we don't ever get an answer. Why? Well, the reason why is because he speaks through his spirit and his word. And as we are in his spirit and we are in his word and we are with his body, it's the journey. It's what works out in our life. It really, really is. Hear me out. See, God's plan is that we come together as a, as a body. Now, we're individually, we're, 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 we're to be, um, you know, s- spiritual leaders in our home. We're to lead our children to the Lord, train them up. I mean, I understand all this, but the bottom line is, when we really want to see and seek and know what God has for us, 
we need to commit our works to him, the work he has given us. How do we know what that work is outside of praying, seeking his word, and being in the body where we serve one another? This is found in Ephesians. We serve one another, that we build each other up. We encourage one another. Now, I'm being in all seriousness that we hand a young man a striping machine. Right? Think about this. And in this journey together, all of a sudden, we start to see God being a body, being alive, being real. And we start to discover, I can do that. Or maybe I, I, that's not for me. It works both ways, right? So the wisdom of God tells us, commit our ways to him. Give it to him. And how do we know what that is? By walking with him. I mean, that's the bottom line. Okay, go to chapter 17 in Proverbs. And I'm going to go to verse 23. Chapter 17, verse 23. He who has knowledge spares his words. And a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. And, and, and here again, as, and I don't know about you. But the reason God has us to meditate on the Word of God, to, to as we read the Word of God, to seek counsel, to seek instruction. I mean, we don't just stop at a verse because, because a lot of times we don't put it into a proper context, if you will. He says here in chapter 17, verse 27, he who has knowledge spares his words. And the, the, what he's saying, the way the disciple, the way we gain wisdom from this is to say, Okay, we might know a lot of things. Who knows it all? Raise your hand if you know it all. Uh, yeah, I'm not some, I got a hand, but some of you probably, that, thank you, Duncan. I knew I'd get a hand over there. <coughs> okay, what, who, who's been around someone that knows it all? Okay, a lot more hands. Okay, whatever. So, so um, but the point is, and the wisdom here is this. He who has knowledge spares his words. The more we really know, especially when it comes to, to the things of God, God's knowledge and wisdom, the more we really know, quite frankly, the quieter we'll probably be. Let, let that sink in just a little, little bit. The more we really know of, of, of God's word, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking, that, you know, like if I'm a teacher teaching something, I'm a preacher preaching something, I'm, you know, of course I'm going to, to talk and to, you know, take what the word's given and, 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 and expound on it, of course. But I'm just saying in our everyday life, sometimes I think you, you can, I'll say it like this, you can know if you've been a believer a long time and you gained a lot of knowledge but you, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, you can pray about this. I mean, I know I have to confront myself and look at myself in the mirror. But you can know you've been a believer a long time and you gained a lot of knowledge, but you lack in wisdom if you're constantly trying to give all the answers to everything. You got to be so careful. Now, why? Why do? Why am I saying? Oh my gosh, that's not edifying, is it, Pastor Tony? Is that's not encouraging? What are you talking about? Well, here's why I say that this morning is because. Because we got to understand, you who are or have knowledge of the Word of God, and and you who um, can equip the others in this body, um, we need to be mature. We we need to we need to know what God has. Shut our mouth sometimes, and then impart it to others. Because if we always are given the answer, or we're always the one that has you know the the, the resolve or resolution to something, you never will hand. A 14-year-old boy, a tool. 
You're 14? Okay, a 13-year-old young man, a tool. And in this case, it's the Word of God. So you who are, have knowledge out here even this morning, know this, where God has taken us and where, where we're going, he's asking you to step up. I mean that. He's asking you to take the knowledge that he's given you and to be on your knees and to be in prayer that you might be quiet and still in your mouth. He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. You take a deep breath. You be discerning. How can I engage these young men, these young women? How can I engage the people here that God has sent our way? How can we engage in, 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 in such a way that we pull the desire that God has put within this body and we impart knowledge in such a way that it's not so overwhelming or that we always have the answer, but that you will seek the answer with me. Amen? Be in prayer. Be in prayer about that. It's awesome. All right, so chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This is big to me. It's all big to me. <laughs> but it really is. You know, it, this proverb, again, eighteen twenty-one says this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And, and it goes back to, I can speak goodness and grace, or I can speak things that tear down. And, and the Bible continuously, James is big when he, when he talks about, you know, that there's power, that our, our tongue's like a fire that sets a, a, a forest on fire. You know, our words are so powerful. We're justified by our words. And death and life, Proverbs says, are in the power of the tongue. And I want you to think of it like this. I, I've been, I was praying through this, and this is, at least it helps me. I, may, I think it'll help most of us. Is this. I want you to think of the things that you say are really what is pictured within your mind. Now, I know from the, I'll say it like this. The Bible says, from the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks, or the issues of life speak. So it's from our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart. You ever say something that was really stupid, and you go, oh, I'm just kidding? But it, but you know it came from your heart. Example, okay, all right. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is this about death and life are in the power of the tongue? Well, here's the thing. Is I want you to think of it as a picture in your mind, and here's why. Because the Bible says our mind is like the gatekeeper to our heart. So the things that have to come through our mind first, they don't go directly to our heart. Are you, are you, are you with me? And so this is the wisdom that God has us to understand. So as things try to try to come through this gate right here in my eyes and my ears, <clears throat> the things I hear, the things I receive. Uh, man, last week, I don't know what it was, but there, I was constantly confronted with people wanting to impart to me things that were, were useless, if you will. I don't, I don't know how to say that. But meaning um, they, they, weren't, they weren't encouraging, you know. They, 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 they just were having a bad day, I guess. And I no, I'm saying no. I, 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 don't, I don't need to receive that. It's, it's not for me. Okay. So he who has knowledge, or, oops, sorry. So death and life and the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So guard our minds. Guard what we see. Guard what we hear. And the wisdom says, as we do that, and as we allow God to work and his wisdom to work in our heart, then we'll have a picture in our mind 
and we'll start to speak those things of wisdom. We'll start to get the answers we so desire, that we so want to live, and the answers we seek. So, so listen, guys. Hear this. Why is this so powerful? Because the bottom line is, if we don't guard our mind and our hearts, if we don't, we think we don't get answers, but God is trying to give us answers. Because we don't think so, though, because we're filtering it through what we allowed in our mind and in our heart. Do, do, you, under, do, do you get what I'm saying? Go to, go to um, Proverbs 19, verse 21. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Anyone here make a plan and it didn't turn out? You know what my favorite is? Hindsight. It's not all the time. My favorite is you plan this great vacation. And you, you start heading that way. And the next thing you know, you went 500 miles off track. Or, you know, your plane doesn't take, doesn't take off. Or there's a hurricane. or there, You know, we, we can make all these great plans. Everyone has and does make plans. Which you should. Count the cost. Make plans. It's all good. But the bottom line is. But the bottom line is, it's the Lord's counsel that will stand. Make your plans, be wise, seek God's will, know his word, do the things God would have us to do in life. But the bottom line is, the result is to God. If you plan, 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 and you believe God has something for you to do, and it just isn't working out, or you don't think it's working out, hear this wisdom God knows. You just be faithful. Because the best made plans of man doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out the way we want it to or that you want it to. Chapter 20, verse 27. The spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. You know know why I like this? Because I'm always talking about God's creation, which I love. But the spirit, this is uh, chapter 20, verse 27. The spirit, of, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. You know what that's saying? It, it's saying, I don't know why in the world. I asked Trish, I have no idea why I, I, I like to step down and engage you guys. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm serious. I, it's kind of like I just want to sit with you and, and just seek God. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, This wisdom is saying this, your very life, your very life is because God breathed it into you. He breathed your very life into you. And if we would only be reminded of that, if we would grab that and we would understand that and we would not only know that by knowledge that I'm here because of God and the wisdom in that says Tony, because of the very breath I give to you, give to me. You. You want the most for your life? You want the answers in your life? You want my plan for your life? Then know this. Your very breath, I do give. And I'll say it. And I know the day when it will be your last breath. He knows the day. All right. Chapter 21, 
last chapter and verse for today is this, uh, 21, 31. How'd you know that? Oh, it's in your book. It's in your, thank you. Yeah, I like that. So some of you like that you do use those things. That's pretty awesome. That's, <coughs> so 21, 31. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. Okay, who has a horse? Probably some might. Duncan, you got like little toy horses out in the... <laughs> I love your smile, Duncan. Oh my gosh, I just love it. I got a feeling he's going to be a preacher one day. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. It kind of goes back, it kind of goes back to the last proverb a little bit in, in saying this. You know, we can do all the preparing we want in life. And you know how many times we get disappointed. You know that you know that you know. You know that. You prepare, you seek, you do, but I did everything I was supposed to do. I filled out all the forms I was supposed to do. I said everything, the right things to so-and-so. I mean, why, why is this not seem to be working out? Well, we can do all the preparing we want, and please do prepare. Because, again, this is not, this is not presumptuous here, and I, and I mean that. He's not, you know, he's saying we all will confront, be confronted with battles. The battle will come. Whether it's family, whether it's a job, whether it's health, no matter what it is, we all face battles in our in our life. They will come. Prepare the horse. It's okay. Um, the Bible talks about putting money aside. Uh, you know, for the you know you store up at, you know monies that you have extra. Uh, not all of it. I'm not talking about you know a conspiracy theory where you got to have this stockpile of money and stuff. I'm just saying the Bible talks about um, storing up that that God gives, and if you will, like, and you save it aside for the day that things aren't so good, maybe right now, you know. But then again, at the same time, you don't hoard it all because God says to give and to give with a cheerful heart. And why do you do that? Because that's what you have set, he has set before you. You have allowed into your mind, you put it in your heart, and you give. Whether it's a, a medical missionary trip, whether it's, it's giving unto the Lord on work day, uh, it, whether it's tithe and, tithes and offering that Shirley was talking about today. So we give. And why do we give? We give unto the Lord, the one that's given us our very breath. Right? You guys, we, we, are, we are really blessed. We're, we're blessed beyond measure. Yeah, I, I think about, I mean, don't, I don't know. I just want to be transparent again. I, I think about going, like, to Managua, Nicaragua, you know, Nicaragua, and I think about where people literally, their, their, their town is a dump. I mean, literally, and I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's not a guilt thing whatsoever. It's, it's, it's having knowledge that as a blessed people, and not that they're not blessed. Not, you know what, I met, I met some people that live in a dump. I mean, literally. That's their food. That's their livelihood. And they have this little tent where four people live, four people live in an area this big with, with limbs and a visqueen. And if I can if I can be transparent without being critical or judgmental, the best I can, I've seen I've seen those families a lot of times more blessed than us with the riches in here in the United States. I'm just I'm just telling you. 
as they wake up in the morning, they, they praise God for a little cup of beans and they, they, they have water and they, you, you, you know, I, and again, it's not a guilt thing, but take what God has given us. Take a deep breath and know that the breath he's breathed within us, the life he's given us, it's not as bad sometimes as we really think it is. Gain and glean from his wisdom and live life. Live this life he's given us. I know trials will come our way. I know troubles will come our way. I know all these things. But let me encourage you and encourage me. That as a body of Christ and as a person of Christ, as a disciple of Christ, draw near to him and just let it play out. That we would give of ourselves and give unto him and glorify his name. It's not a dream. It's not a dream I'm speaking. It's the reality of a disciple. So let us be encouraged this morning. Whatever's coming against you, I was listening to Heather. We don't get together. I hear what you hear for the first time. I'm amazed at how how sometimes, well, all the time, it seems like we're right spot on. Be encouraged this morning. Amen? You go out there and you speak a soft word into the conflicts you have right now in your life. You watch your tongue. You, you might know you have a lot to say, but listen for a change. Just listen. See what's really going on. Take the wisdom that God has and what he's given you and go see what he's doing already. He's already at work. You know what? You know this conflict. Some of you are thinking, for example, about a conflict and how can you give an answer to it. God's already ahead of you on this thing. Do you understand? That's just an example. Amen? Okay. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, his truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 31. It will make us free. It will make us free. It will make us free. It will make you free. Because of God. Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. So we can know all about God. We can know all about Jesus. We could go to the church every day of our life for one year, 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years. In my case, for an hour. And all of a sudden, we're confronted with the gospel. We're confronted with a living God that says, I love you. And I set my son for you. I've not only breathed breath into you that you might live, but now I want to be reconciled to you through my son. How many times have we heard the gospel? Do we believe it today? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning, for this time you've given us. Father, for but one person, two, three, I, I don't know, I know you know, that might be in this house today, your house. We're talking about knowledge. They might have knowledge of you. They might say, well, I sure I know there's a God. Sure I know that Jesus is God's son. I, I, I know that. I've known that for years. And Father, I pray and I claim in the name of Jesus that today 
the Spirit of God, your spirit, would impart wisdom. For you say, for God so loved the world that you gave your one and only Son that whoever shall believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That truly, the wisdom and the reconciliation you have for us to put our trust in Jesus, your Son, as our Savior, may it be so imparted today. Only God can reveal to us our need to be saved and only God can give us the faith to do so. And if that's you this morning, then do so. Is he calling you? Has he put that knowledge within you that he is real, his son is real, his love is great and grand, his grace is free, and he's willing with arms spread open? Put your trust in Jesus. No, it doesn't make total sense. How can it? We live in this world. But you know deep down, God's telling you it's true. Jesus died for you. (laughs) For you. Repent and believe, the Bible says. Jesus himself said, repent from living life your way. Believe I'm the son of God. I pay the penalty for you. Put your trust in Jesus as your Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. We're literally your creation. Father, I, I pray for us. I pray for this body. I pray for every family, every person that's represented here this morning. Father, allow us not only to have a knowledge of you, but your wisdom. May it be so. Maybe so. You you are the answer. You have the answers. You do give your peace. May it be so. We love you. We praise you. We receive this offering with thanksgiving. An offering that is, I think like what Shirley said, our tithes and our offerings, our gift, not unto you because it's what you've given us, but our gift because we bring it to the altar and we love you. And Father, as we grow, as we go, as we seek to be ambassadors for you, may it be so, and may it be said, our first love is you. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss Heather.